Welcome to Let's Explore This, your weekly podcast featuring three Sigma bros. I'm your host, Kevin, along with my co-host, Sam. What's going on, Kevin? And Adam is gone again this week. He's still on his honeymoon. Uh, we promise he's coming back. Uh, if, if you'd like to get some Adam content, you can go to our Twitter uh, at Let's Explore. Um, sorry, that was wrong. Are, are you sure at- about that, Kevin? Are you sure you know what our Twitter <laughs> handle is? I'm never going to learn what a Twitter handle is, I guess. Uh, no, it's called explore underscore pod at explore underscore pod. You can follow Adam there. He's a hoot and a half. Yeah. Maybe even a hoot and three quarters. He posts good stuff. So follow he us. He does. Follow us on uh, Twitter. Exactly. Okay. But anyway, how have you been, Sam? Uh, pretty good, Kevin. i um, excited to say that I've been watching Longmire. As you rec- show. recommended years ago that I just dismissed for all these years and then finally gave it a shot and I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I'm excited for you. It's a good show. Uh, I the My family, actually, I think it was my brother was the first one to watch that show and then my parents did and then I watched it. Uh, I watched it up until season three and then when Netflix took it over and did the, t- the season four and five. So I actually had to sit and wait for season four and five to come out. Oh, is it? Yeah. Does it, uh, after Netflix picked it up, does it get spicier since it's not like regular cable TV or does it just stay pretty much the same? I'm only on season two. It stays pretty much the same because, I mean, it's, it is definitely geared towards like an older audience. So I don't think they want it to be like overtly sexual right? or like swears and stuff. But uh, I, I do think my grandpa would, would have liked the show very much. He was definitely a Western kind of guy. Yeah. He watched Guns, oh, yeah. Gunsmoke all the time. Yeah, and and I think that that was originally the intent when it was on A and E was for old people. I don't is A and E an old people channel? I kind of think it might be. I don't know. I remember didn't they try to play The Sopranos on A and E, and they had to like edit. They did. <laughs> I you can't watch that show with all the edits in it. Like yeah, they I, they also did Sex in the City. Yeah, crazy. I don't know. I forgot about that. Jogging my memory loose. Yeah, my mom used to watch both of those shows on A and E. Um, I remember they used to have Howard Stern on there too. Do you remember the Howard Stern show? I never on A and E. It was on some other channel when I would watch it. Are you sure? I swear it was on A and E. I don't remember. Nah, I only I only watched Howard Stern when I was like thirteen years old or something like that. <laughs> yeah, the perfect time to be watching Howard Stern. <laughs> But Longmire, uh, yeah, it's it's the perfect. Uh, well, how's a good way to put it? Like mix between like it's somewhere in between like primetime television, like stuff on NBC and Fox, and like HBO level content. So yeah, I, I like I like what I'm I like what I'm getting here. Yeah, it's it's uh it's a good show, and um you know they keep the story going. Uh, like there's that. Uh, like you were saying earlier, the uh, you know there's a new crime every single episode, and then there's like an overarching story of Walt's life and yeah. and dealing with grief and stuff like that. So it, it is a it is a very good show, definitely on uh, my watch list. Walt Longmire is definitely very stoic and Sigma. Oh yeah, yeah, he is the perfect Sigma. Man. Nobody knocks him off his frame. So Mm-mm. yeah, and all the alpha males in the show hate him. But the town loves him, <laughs> in spite of. And that's how every every sheriff should be. <laughs> I'd love to walk into the mayor's office and just go, "God damn it! What are you doing?" 
<laughs> Does he do that? I'm not that far. Don't ruin it for me. <laughs> no, but you've seen his little interactions with the, neighbor, the oh, mayor. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because the mayor's always giving him grief, so I want the mayor to like come give me grief and be like, you know what? I run this city. <laughs> you only run the city. The- I run the county. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good shit. Yeah. But uh but yeah, that's cool. Um What have you been up to, Kevin? Nothing much. Uh just uh getting excited for the Steam Summer Sale. I'm gonna be going hard on Steam Summer Sale. I'm probably gonna spend a stupid amount of money. Don't you do every Steam sale? Well, no, because I okay, so I will say the best Steam sale in mem- to memory for me was 2013 the summer steam sale in 2013 that's when i picked up like the valve bundle and all that stuff so i kind of feel like i've purchased like i have i almost have 300 games on steam so (laughs) i almost feel like i've purchased everything that's worth it well you have the serious sam game so (laughs) yeah i I got i got every serious sam game it's perfect so there you go I've, i've bought every game that's worth it and games that definitely aren't worth it. This Steam sale, there's been some new games that came out that I'm thinking I might get. Uh, I've, I've actually had Workers and Resources Soviet Republic on my wish list since New Year's Eve of 2019. Do I own that and game? And it's like, uh, no, you don't. Oh, okay. I own, I own some weird Soviet government game, or I don't know. <laughs> it's like prevent. Can you prevent Papers, the collapse? Please. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, th- this game is like SimCity, but uh. Soviet Russia. You're a Soviet city planner. Yeah, exactly. And then Space Marine, the Warhammer game. That's only seven fifty right now. Subnautica is supposed to be really good. I was thinking about buying that. I was talking to you about that Sudden Strike Four game, yeah. that, like World War Two RTS. That's only eight bucks. I'll probably pick that up here today. Katamari Damacy. Do you remember that game? We roll a bunch of stuff. Yeah, up? I do. I actually looked up the theme song to that like two weeks ago. Not even gonna lie that. or whatever it is (laughs) yeah and then uh we are all planning on buying sea of thieves so actually is that is that going to be on sale yeah it's 27 dollars. all right i'll look into that too uh it's only four players at a time so i guess it would be nice if a lot of people had it because i could get two boats at the same time i'll end up getting these games and to like play with you guys and then just never do like i (laughs) usually happens like usual yeah yeah, I think I've played uh, Verdun with you, and that's like the only game I've played with you in the, like the last five years. We played what? What was that game like? I played one time. <laughs> Verdun. <laughs> no, we just played it. Um, Among Us. Path of Exile. Oh, that's right. We, you were playing that. We with played us. like once and then never again. That's usually what happens. So. Yeah, that's a. I don't know. I I'm not. It's a fun game, but I'm kind of... I don't really like that style of game, honestly. Like, even the Diablo franchise, I never, like, got super into Diablo. I've always just been, like, a single-player game kind of guy. Mm, I just... Yeah. I like a good good story. Um, I, I think of, like, that Firewatch game. It's not even, like, really a game. You just kind of play it. It's like a story yeah, that unfolds. I, ha- I beat it. It's good. Did you... Have you beaten it? Yeah, I beat it. I yeah, I would recommend getting that game too on the Steam sale because it, it is on sale and and it's really it is really good. That's the kind of stuff I like. I actually just downloaded what, another single player Fallout New Vegas again, so I'm going to start playing that again. You should if you like games like Firewatch. There is a game called Dear Esther. It's probably really cheap right now, and it's the same kind of thing where you just like walk through a story. Okay. 
I I liked it a lot. You get to like you like get on this abandoned island and you have to like walk around and figure out like you're like trying to solve a murder. Okay. But it's I just don't want to I don't want to ruin it for you. So I won't explain any further than that. <laughs> it's it's it, there's definitely a M Night Shyamalan type twist at the end of the game. I'm trying to remember. There was another I watched Andy play a game. Our friend Andy. Um, it was kind of like that. I can't remember what it was, but I remember he would just go, like, you're trying to figure out what happened to, like, your family or, or something along those lines, but you could, like, pick stuff up and, like, examine it, and mm-hmm. I remember we, he would just go around and throw all the Bibles in the trash. <laughs> Not that we're advocating that on this podcast, but... It's, uh. <laughs> That's funny. Gosh, did you ever play, like, the uh, Detroit or... Uh, heavy rain games yeah i played heavy rain when that came out that was, yeah, they, that was a while ago yeah i tried to play heavy rain because i got it for free with the with detroit uh during one of like the playstation plus deals but it just bugged out and would never work right on my playstation so i didn't get to play it but i beat detroit and that's a really good game detroit become human i think you'd really like that. i've game. heard about that one yeah it's it's on sale right now as well and it has a lot of replay ability as well, like because you just I don't know. I mean, you know how those games are. You just you get a bunch of options to pick from, and you know you kind of I don't know have some random destiny basically, depending on the choices you made. Okay, yeah, I'll add that to my list of games I'll never end up getting. And <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like a Detroit Become Human is like a futuristic fiction game about detroit where the androids become like they have androids that help cook and clean and like replace your dead child stuff like that and they become like sentient or whatever it's no. a battle you play as a uh, you play as three different androids and you got to navigate through life we got to stop this shit before it becomes real <laughs> dude that'd be sweet to have android kids because then you would never feel bad about like making them do too many chores <laughs> is that what your idea of children is kevin they're just entities to do chores yeah they're doing the chore and you don't have to feed them either or take them to get like (laughs) mcdonald's (laughs) android kid seems like the way to go honestly (laughs) all right take it easy elon musk (laughs) no i would never do that to my android children but yeah so i I don't even want to get to the the topics at hand uh yeah let's uh let's jump right in so, uh, we wanted to bring a new segment to Let's Explore This, and it's called Fascist Alert. Wee-woo-wee-woo! <laughs> fascist and Alert. We just, so, we just so happen to have a brand new Fascist Alert coming from the great state of Florida with our boy Ronnie DeSantis. What'd he do? He, uh, he, is, he, he wrote a bundle of laws pertaining mostly just to colleges, but the one in particular that makes him fash is... Uh, his law that requires um, college students to ser- or colleges to survey student beliefs, and it was in order to protect expression of diverse viewpoints. And so that sounds nice and all, but the diverse viewpoint they're talking about is the conservative capitalist viewpoint, which we all have to suffer through at, the, at right now, because you know all these professors, these liberal professors, making people go crazy. So dumb. That seems like an intrusion on privacy, for one. Yeah. Like what, what difference does it make what students believe? Exactly. <laughs> like, they, it's another just, like, straw man that the fucking Republicans are coming up with 
the liberal professor. The liberal professor is like the biggest straw man in the yeah, world. I mean, you're you're sending your kids to college and they're becoming communist, right? Yeah, exactly. Which isn't even the case. I I, have, I still think that the word communist in the United States is probably taken negatively by most people. Even though, like, I know I just I saw some study, uh, some article came out that said like half, a little bit over half of millennials are more socialist than capitalist. Yep. But they try to equate socialism to communism, which it's not. So I, there are a lot of people who are for socialism who probably do not like capitalism and think, or sorry, communism and think communism is evil. Well, I think a lot of people just don't even know what actual like what the de- like what communism is in the definition of like the Communist Manifesto that was written by Marx and Engels. They don't even know what. Yeah. They, they think communists. They think the Reds. You know. Yeah. The Soviet, China. The Soviets. Russia. Yeah. Like, that whole thing just evil yeah and so yeah basically i don't know it's just it's just a bunch of bullshit in my opinion i mean there are so many professors out there even myself who went to school for political science a lot of my professors were conservatives or they were just your neoliberal shill i think you know like all the finance and econ professors are probably pretty free market oriented Yes, because that's all the they, business professors. That's all they teach. I okay. I never went to college, so I don't know for sure. But I know for a fact that if you go take econ in like college, they ain't teaching you Marxism, in in those classes. No. They're teaching you like everything that's based off of like the free market kind of capitalist system. They don't want to teach exactly. anything beyond that. Yeah, I took micro and macro economics in college, and I never like learned about a planned economy or anything like that. It was all structured under yeah. capitalism. There, it's it's that's all they teach. Like you would think in a in a college where you're supposed to go learn from diversity, they would teach like a, like at least one class on Karl Marx because that's capitalism's biggest critic. Not saying that it, not even saying that it's correct or anything in that nature. It's we're we're saying is that why not? Why wouldn't you want to study that as like you know, there there are other forms of um, economic systems out there or other theories out there. Yeah. I mean, according to Republicans, they aren't talking about capitalism in the slightest in the college classroom. <laughs> no, it's just, just so stupid. And um, like I would say the most outspoken people on college campuses are the conservatives. I think conservatives have a huge footprint in college campuses, not only with all the psychos who come around and pass New Testaments around, but the college Republicans, I know there's college Democrats too, but there's college Republicans, and then there's Turning Point USA. Oh, yeah. I don't know if, I do not know of any liberal, socialist, communist group out there that is as big of an influence. I mean, I personally don't know of any, but I would like to know if there is a Turning Point USA for the left, because I don't think there is. I think they're all just small groups, because you're not going to get, conser- like, conservative groups like that are going to get, you know, backing from you know, advertiser. Yeah. Coke brothers. Like they're, they're going to be able to organize on a bigger front and they're going to have places like turning point. But when all these like so-called lefty socialist communists that you're supposedly on college campuses are like all little, like they're a group of like what? 10, 12 people. Like they're just small groups yeah. of people or they're club. They're like clubs within like the school itself. Like they're not huge. These huge, like across country kind of organizations. Oh yeah. And, like even the, speaking of just like I said, I was in political science for four years. Everybody I met there, I've met maybe one communist the entire time I was in college. Grant, this is anecdotal, whatever, but one 
communist the entire time I was in college. Everybody else was either just the typical Democrat who loved American hegemony or a psycho libertarian who would just cause a ruckus in class and say dumb shit. Taxation is theft. (laughs) Yeah. Like one time when I was at a party, this libertarian guy came up to me and he just started like freaking out because I was talking to my, my one friend, Jordan It was like when me and him first met. So we were talking about politics and like getting all goosed up about socialism and stuff. And these guys heard us and they come up to us. These two libertarians go, so you guys, you're some of those people who don't like guns, aren't you? I'm like, oh God. I'm like, no, if people can have guns, I don't care. What? And then they just started getting on us and they're like, why should I help people? Why should my tax dollars, blah, blah, blah. And it basically just boiled down to me going, because you're a decent human being. You got to be a decent what, human being. What is what is the deal? Okay, first, what is the deal with guns? Libertarians love guns. It's like, that's part of their identity, mm-hmm. the gun thing. And two, it's like, why should I be helping somebody else? It's like, do you buy insurance or do you just pay everything out of pocket in cash? Because your premium's going to somebody else's care, bud. <laughs> yeah. It, gosh. So, so Wait, dumb. I have just one thing to say. Kevin. For all these problems that we have in society, have you ever thought the solution is to just roll back regulation and let the markets decide? <laughs> that would be horrible. <laughs> That's libertarianism, baby. God. Like, could you imagine like what public infrastructure would look like if we were run by libertarians? It would be perfect except for all the toll roads. God. Yeah, you'd have to probably pay a toll to walk across the Or you the have sidewalk. to bit, take, like, buy an easy pass. Or whatever, everywhere you go. So you have to have like, if you want to like travel from like state to state, you'll have like eight easy passes and then pay a couple tolls on the road. So your vacation yeah. is now like double the cost for all the toll roads. <laughs> yeah, dude. For anybody out there who is leaning libertarian, please stop. They're just trying to. Unless you're rich, libertarian is only libertarianism is only a good idea if you're already rich. And that's what it came out of. Libertarians originated by a bunch of rich white guys who were like, don't tax me more. And they made libertarianism and got a bunch of dumb yucks to believe in it because for some reason everyone thinks the government taxes the little guy too much. When it's like, no, we don't really pay that much in taxes. They just don't pay enough. Rich people just right. don't pay enough. I, I will counter by just saying if you're like a social libertarian, I think that's pretty much fine. Economically, no. I think you're wrong. <laughs> I didn't know that was such a thing. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> libertarians don't care what you do, like in your bedroom and stuff. And, yeah. You know. That's true. So, like, th- th- like that, that freedom yeah. aspect of, like, just be who you are kind of thing is fine, as long as you're not hurting anybody yeah. else. But the economic situation is just, it. I don't know, it just totally ignores uh, the root problems in society. Yeah. I mean, I don't think libertarianism would exist, like... If libertarianism was so great, I feel like it would have existed before what we currently have. I think it only exists because of what we have. Like, it is a product of conservatism and capitalism. It's not something that you could build off of. Like, you, you have to have this structure that we already have in place right now in order for libertarianism to work. Yeah. You know? But anyway, we're getting off track. So, back to the fascist uh, Ron DeSantis um, so the bill, House Bill 233, signed June 22nd, requires Florida colleges to assess the intellectual freedom and viewpoints 
uh, at each institution. So they're going to just survey like every college there and just see like, like what are they going to tie that to? So are the students required to take a survey themselves or is like somebody getting dispatched to each college to do like random survey, like a random survey? Every college is, every college is going to have to survey all of their students at the beginning of each year, starting in fall of 22 to ask them like the, I don't know who's designing the survey or if they have to like, if they're all making their own surveys or if the state, I think it's the board of education is making a survey for them to pass out and they got to survey their students and like report it back to the board of education or whatever. So I don't, I don't know what they're going to do with that information though. That's the weirdest part about this whole thing. Like, what do you do with that? I suppose they could, they could just like see like throughout the years, they could say, see, we told you it's college taking your kids and they're turning into lefties and then just use that as talking points going forward basically probably i i kind of wonder if they would tie it to funding oh that's yeah, kind of i yeah, think that's yeah, the most yeah, dangerous yeah. part yes. of this because because i don't know if the students have to identify themselves or not um so i don't know if, if there would be any like retaliation against the individual but i could totally see them being like hey if you don't change up your course structure uh we're gonna fuck you um but this bill also allows students to record their professors so they can record their lectures. There's going to be like a million Charlie Kirks and uh, Stephen Crowder's God, just like filming their professors. It's going to be a shit show, dude. Like, yeah, so they can they can record their professors, but they can't publish the recordings. Like, they can only use it for personal use or whatever. But it's like, oh are you God. kidding me? Those are going to be all over. Like, hey, at least now you can go to school in Florida for free. You just got to watch YouTube. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right all right ron, ron see ron's thinking outside the box here is what he's actually doing he's trying to make college uh and universities free for all yeah accessible for everybody we should go down there and tell him hey this is going to happen then he'll just rescind everything <laughs> so so you can record your professors but uh they frown on filming police officers is that what i'm getting out of out of all this <laughs> um but yeah at the end of the article i read i guess uh old ronnie said working to fight against he is work this bill is working to fight against what he would call censorship of more conservative ideology what censorship <laughs> i don't know i don't get these people at all it, they're, like they're, what is it it's hardcore right now they're fighting hardcore like critical race theory like that is their calling like they're a battle cry right now we have to stop critical race theory it's and it's this weird idea that you're making all these white kids feel guilty it's like that's not what it is like i'm not well read on it but like it's just it's something to like scare conservatives and they're and this is well i think it's really telling like okay even even though i think their argument's bullshit they're just trying to uh retain white supremacy um i i and they're using that as a scapegoat they're trying to use the children as Mm -hmm. a scapegoat like it's just so telling that it's like hey talking about like how our country was founded is is racist like it, it's exposing the racism at the core of america and they ob- honestly seem like they're offended by that because they profit off of those those same institutions so they're just losing power when things become more equal they yeah, lose power you're seeing that's the shift and as you, as you see like any group and this has happened like anywhere like as a group loses power they like panic and they start doing this kind of stuff They're like how do we hold on to power by any means necessary and that's why republicans are doing like these uh voting laws across the states because they know that more people are voting 
for Democrats, like, holy shit, what do we do? We have to hold on to power by any means necessary here. Yeah, and they just turn it into a big culture war, and they're using racism to win it. And unfortunately, I think they're having way too many victories, but I am hoping that, you know, maybe as all these low-cost states start, you know, like people from California are moving into Texas and shit like that, hopefully that flips them. I mean, didn't Arizona, like... Arizona is a completely blue state now, isn't it? Don't they have like, well, I shouldn't say completely. They have two Democratic right. senators, and they voted but for Joe Biden. I, I don't know. There's they're still pretty um, conservative in Arizona and in Texas. But what I've heard a lot of too is what those like the California flight or whatever the people moving out of California is like. I don't think they're necessarily as liberal as people are saying because they're just moving because housing is just out of control in California. They can't afford to live out there. So they're they're move so I don't even necessarily think that this move which you see a lot of conservatives scared of. They're like, "Oh, yeah, stay out of here. Stay out of here. Stay in California." It's just like they're they're not moving because of like ideology. They're moving because they can't afford to live in California. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, everything <laughs> Everything's so cheap in Texas because it sucks. <laughs> Gets too cold, it breaks. Gets too hot, it breaks. Hey, <laughs> hey everything's bigger in Texas. Let uh, me tell you. Yeah, even suck sucking is bigger in Texas. Um, but yeah, so I, you know that's just kind of disappointing. Just more Republican bullshit, where you know the the party of small government just creeping in on people's rights. You know, first you know after Trump loses, they go after trans children in sports. And then now they're going after college kids. It's like, why are you alienating all yeah. these people? It's so. You want to talk about who the real thought police are? Like, for sure, a Democrat will go with the ideology that makes them the most money. <laughs> <laughs> They'll market everything. You know, they want to market everything, so they're inclusive. They have a big tent because they can sell a lot of stuff. Republicans, white supremacists. But yeah, do you have anything more to add about our boy, our boy Ronnie? No, I don't want to give him any more airtime. Fair enough. Um, well, the, uh, the second thing I wanted to talk about was uh, India Walton, the uh, presumptive Democratic nominee to become the mayor of Buffalo, New York, who is a socialist. Democratic socialist. What's the difference? <laughs> Huge difference. Okay, I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that was pretty exciting to see that happen. Um, you know, even in the 2020 election, I think... The DSA had over, I think it was over half of the candidates that were um, endorsed by the DSA, the, the Democratic Socialists of America, won their elections. Uh, the, the one that comes to mind for me is just, I know like AOC is endorsed by them, but she had already won. Um, but um, the woman, Cori, Cori Bush, I think from St. Louis, okay. I think that's her name, she won. She did lose her first bid, but she won the second one. So, and, and she took out an incumbent incumbent like a long time incumbent uh congressman to get there and it seems like that i almost kind of think what's going on with the democratic party is what what happened to the republicans in in 08 like they're getting taken over by the radical left just like the republicans got taken over by the tea party at least with the radical left you get like you know social programs and better effective (laughs) government i guess yeah, you don't get a bunch of babies <laughs> crying about birth certificates. Yeah. But yeah, so you know, it's pretty cool, but I I am very afraid that the Democrats are going to do everything in their power to keep it from happening. Um the current mayor is a Democrat and he has served for four terms. And I believe the last election he won was in 2018, so I'm thinking they run, they served four-year terms. Um so he's been the mayor for a while and 
he wants to first of all he has not admitted defeat at least of the, the article i read today um he did not admit defeat but he has already gone on to talk about doing a write-in campaign yeah he's so he's not going to drop out of the race uh, playing the political game yeah which is very disappointing because like i'm assuming buffalo is one of those cities where like the democrats are just a shoe in for everything yeah like the the establishment like they have just the stranglehold yeah. on politics there and they can't have an upset like this so now they're yeah. gonna freak out yeah because i know like the outskirts of buffalo or can be kind of conservative um but you know in my view of buffalo just because i lived you know an hour and a half south of buffalo for like three or four years and i went there a number of times it's just like another detroit like everyone's like oh the city's recovering blah 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 but it's just another detroit so you have this democrat in there neolib who's just pawning off all their shitty land to developers who are making a brewery uh you know nice restaurants blah, blah. they're just it's a place for rich people to go vacation so and everything's expensive now there too, or uh, all the property is expensive there now just like in detroit so the only people who can afford to live there are the rich people so you just have this big service economy and and the only jobs available to people are going to be being a waiter a bartender you know which uh, again nothing wrong with that but you can't raise a family on their wages so we need a socialist to go in there and she's already been talking about raising taxes one percent you know to pay for more programs and such um but you know we're gonna need the socialist government to come in there and you know make sure everyone's getting by okay when you create it just if your whole city is just a service economy then you're gonna have basically all the low-wage retail workers not getting like the piece of the pie and i i watched one of the interviews she was talking about and she said that we won because we're building a coalition of working people who are just kind of done with like this the status quo of this like there's been the last mayor was a democrat correct like they, yeah, I'm sure they've had Democratic mayors for the longest time, and it's the same shit over and over and over again. They're not seeing any results, and they're sick of mm-hmm. it. Like, how are you gonna like? Well, like, just saying, like, if you're a worker there, okay. So Buffalo used to have like half a million people, and now it has two hundred fifty thousand because of just people moving out into the suburbs and moving away because all the manufacturing left. It's like, just like in Detroit, you know, it's it's it is a rust belt city like the perfect picture of a rust belt city and you know at one point actually detroit used to have or sorry buffalo used to have more billionaires than any city in america um so there's like a rich history there um but uh anyway uh you're just you're a worker in buffalo and sure oh they built a new hockey stadium oh they cleaned up some dumpy you know where the ford stamping plant used to be or whatever they clean that up and turn it into an entertainment district blah blah if i'm a worker in detroit and i've lived there my entire life and watched this place rot away and all my opportunity go out the door i'm not gonna give a shit about a new Mm -hmm. hockey rink i'm not you know i'm not gonna give a shit about a new harbor view or whatever who cares like That means nothing for the local people. And they mean, oh, it's jobs, economy. It's like, yeah, great. I get to go wipe some some rich dude's ass and make 10 bucks an hour. Yeah. Great. These jobs aren't sustainable like you were talking about earlier. They're they're all low wage. And that, like, how many times we talk about, like, the, all these, the, before, like, when Trump was in office, they were talking about all these great, like, job growth and, like, creating new jobs. 
How many of them were part-time retail jobs paying like $11 an hour? You know, like, yeah, you can't just, yeah, that's why I think you're going to see more like democratic socialists when these elections coming up is because people are sick of the same bullshit that's coming out of even Democrats mouth. It's like, well, we're going to create jobs. Mm-hmm. We're going to create jobs. You know, this is going to create X amount of jobs. It's like what jobs and who's going to benefit from it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my buddy, my neighbor who wanted to open up five fucking Starbucks locations in downtown Buffalo, he uh, he gave me money to win, and I'm going to get this going yeah, for it's him. going to be great for whoever owns all the property. <laughs> it's going to be great for who owns the property, owns the businesses, and are able to, like, you know, and how many of them are going to get, like, tax uh, tax credits to, like, start up? Yeah. And then they're going to, like, say, like, oh, we can't afford to, like, pay any part-time workers any more than, you know, 12, 13 bucks an hour because I won't make a profit then, you know. Yeah, and it's funny you should say that because there uh, is a company in Buffalo called the Ellicott Development Company, and they are building apartments, offices, hotels, you know, taking over Buffalo because all that land was so cheap. And the man who, I can't remember his name, says their founder is Carl Paladino. I don't think it was him who I read about in this article. But the guy from Ellicott development said in the article first of all he gave 1200 bucks to the incumbent the current mayor who lost the primary and he said if he doesn't do a write-in campaign this guy in charge of this development company will do a write-in campaign that's how much they want to kill like the chances of a socialist mayor in in buffalo and what i would fear is that they would split the vote because i saw like the voting tally so india walton won by uh i think it's she got 55% of the vote, and the current guy got f- 47%. Uh, I'm seeing 52% to 45%. Okay. But, and it was like, I was kind of surprised. It was only like, I think like 20,000 people voted, which was, it's kind of crazy. Wasn't it Buffalo. just like, it was a Democratic anyway, primary, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a Democratic primary. There's three candidates uh, the mayor, India, and then some guy, person named Durham. Anyway, you know, she won. By quite a handy majority in a few districts, including her own home district, but then she also lost in some too, you know? So I would be afraid that these developers and the current mayor is just going to split the vote and then the the Democrats are just going to lose the mayor's office. Mm -hmm. And that's almost, you know, almost a repeat of what the Democrats did in 20 to 2020 election where when they hosed Bernie... (laughs) Because it's like these Democrats don't don't give a shit if a Republican or a Democrat is in office. They just don't want socialists yeah, in office. Well, and, and it has pathetic. everything to do kind of what India Walton in that interview she was talking about is basically the gist of it is like they what she wants to do is invest in the people of Buffalo as opposed to just the businesses of Buffalo. Because that's been the talking point from like both Democrats and Republicans is we're going to do everything we can to help these businesses create jobs and it's basically just trickle down you know economics we're not going to invest mm-hmm. directly into the people and that message is what's going to resonate more across the country i think more and more is we're, we keep hearing the same thing for how many years we'll just you know we'll invest like we'll have all these tax advantages for whatever business uh I, i'm thinking of like foxconn in in wisconsin and they wisconsin just got owned basically um by that deal yes. but what i'm saying is like well, well like we're gonna start investing in you people 
the people like that is what socialism is supposed to be about it's like it's investing in people and that message and that's what india walton was talking about i think that's why she won i don't live in buffalo i don't know exactly what it's like on the ground there but i'm knowing that message is you know being heard more and more across the country so yeah and i mean even buffalo is pretty uh uh, had a pretty big riot too during like right after George Floyd got murdered. You know, there was that like seventy-five-year-old guy who got knocked over by that yep. those police, and like he got all messed mm-hmm. up or whatever. And so, I mean, d- Buffalo is definitely. I mean, like I was saying, Buffalo is a Rust Belt city, the perfect like the definition of a Rust Belt city, and they just haven't had many wins. Honestly, like half their ta- half their city population moved away. You know, like, how do you recover from that? And when you go and drive around, like, uh, parts of Buffalo, it's all just destroyed and rotten. Or, like, you go up to, like, Niagara Falls. And Niagara Falls used to be a huge industrial town, too. And now it's just shit. And that's why everyone tells you when you go to Niagara... If you go to visit Niagara Falls, go to the Canada side. Because the American side is just garbage. It's all just garbage. And it's just... I don't know. It's pretty sad. Um, I, I think... You know, unless there isn't, if like the socialism thing doesn't work, I do think that area will probably come back because of global warming and that's where all the fresh water is. Um, but without that happening, like they just need, there needs to be a politics change. And, and I think socialism is the way to go. We'll have all the um, capitalists in charge of our water. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Dude. Once all the, once all the coasts flood over, Nestle's going to come by and buy all the water rights to the Great Lakes. Don't even joke. Well, I mean, I saw a headline like earlier this was it this year or a couple months ago that said like water is going to be bought and sold as a commodity on like Wall Street or something. Didn't didn't they already start selling like water? Yeah, features or, or something? something down those lines. I just, that makes me happy hearing stuff like that. That that's scary. Yeah, that is very scary. Um, <laughs> I so I don't know. But, it's just it's a uh, nightmare. You, I mean, this is why you're seeing these like quote unquote extreme political fringes pop up both on the right and the left because they're both natural responses to like when people are in despair, they try and latch on to like, you know, you could talk about like Weimar Germany, for example, like I always like to talk about that, about how that was such a fight between the nationalists and the conservative part to like the leftists and communists that were fighting in, during that time. And it's because the country faced such dire situations that they start latching onto the fringe elements of that. I will say one is probably better than the other. If you go like the left side, at least you're, you're talking about, you know, providing more social programs, more equity for everybody, you know, worker ownership of, you know, institutions. Like you're trying to prop everybody up. It's not just the owner class. Mm-hmm. I'm not, yeah, I've got to hold on before I start sounding like, like a true communist here. But, like, you know, I'm not, not advocating for, like, authoritarian, like, style communism. Make things more democratic, including your workplace and, you know, the economy in itself. Like, have people have a voice in all this. And, and I think, you know, I think all these people realize that, but they, all these power brokers. But that's the thing is they'd have to give up power mm-hmm. and wealth. Because, like. In the very short time that I was trying to get my MBA, I had to take these prereq classes that uh, were talking about like different types of innovation. And even in MBA, this MBA school in particular, I guess, was touting that open source is the best way to innovate because then the people are telling you what they want and you're not taking a guess. Like you're not just adding a 
you know, adding an extra feature to an app or, you know, that you came up with internally, you know, it's your consumer base is telling you what they want. And so you do it and then they buy it from you. And that's pretty, sounds pretty democratic Mm -hmm. to me, but there's no boss out there. So I should say there's no good boss out there who would go to his employees and be like, Hey, uh, should we go, should we start doing business processes this way? You know? And like when people like just being from like the ultra corporate world, there are so many salty old men at the office who (laughs) like every time there's some weird change or whatever in corporate policy, they're just like, Oh, they're just trying to figure out another way to fuck us. Well, I mean, (laughs) what does that even say about like, the structure then if like they think they think any kind of change is just the way to fuck you it's probably just because it's true i mean in that sense, yeah in that sense a lot of the times yes I, I don't know i'm hopeful for more democratic socialists winning because like i was saying earlier people are sick of like all this lack of control over stuff they need like like i'm thinking like medication like how how, how prices are out of control like their insurance is tied to their jobs they have not as big a say as libertarians would have you, you know, think that you do. And they they just want more of a say in how this shit runs and how this shit works. And that's why you're seeing more mm-hmm. of these democratic socialists win elections is because people are fed up with the same bullshit they're getting fed year after year, election after election, and they want more control as a, like a collective democratic society. We are going to decide For sure. where we're going to go forward from, from here. Not you, not the controlling class we the people which is how it i it, that's how they say it's supposed to be yeah i mean my view on government is, is it's supposed to protect us from those people because like all the capitalists all the business owners all the landowners all those people exploit the shit out of us they are exploiting us like does your boss care if you stay an extra hour does you know does your boss care if they call you on your day off does your you know most bosses don't they they're just all they care about is that you produce something for them and they just want to exploit you they don't care how it is like granted i know some bosses are nice whatever but yeah it's kevin just, here's calling that's just how Kevin's calling works. out all management right now <laughs> they're terrible no i mean that, that's just how it works yeah. you know it's, that's what they do and i and i i think as people every single boss i've had it's a very good person mm-hmm. some of them <laughs> uh there's one or two that might have been eh but for the most part, all the bosses I've had are really cool people, but they've always had to ask me to do stupid shit. Like, they've always had to ask me to just just do the dumbest stuff. Like, get into situations that were screwy, and I had to, like, confront people that got, like, angry at me, and, like, I didn't feel safe in the situation and stuff like that. Like, they have made me do that. And they could be the nicest person right. in the world, but they still make you do that because their boss told them. I to mean, do they're stuck. They're stuck in the so same system. Like, Sorry, go go ahead. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're stuck in the same situation, and you know, because that the owners are putting them through. So it's I don't know. That's just it's just inherently exploitative. The way we're doing things right now is inherently exploitative, and you would probably have a lot more retention and I think profitable companies if they were run more democratically like a workers co-op exactly can't say that i mean just think of the, the amount of input you would get would be well invaluable. here's one that always gets me like if you work for like a publicly traded company you can have some rich asshole buy whatever equivalent to your salary is in stock and if your company pays dividends they'll get that back what you get per year 
by not even working to produce anything for the company, but they'll have more of a say in the direction that company goes than you will, even if you've been there for like 20, 30 years. Yeah, dude, that's bullshit. And so, I don't know, man. I, that's that's what I'm trying. I mean that that was what I was saying earlier. Is just that, like, people want more of a say in how everything is run because they're they're sick of being taken advantage of constantly, and they're just they're, yeah. they're tired of being fed the same bullshit. All these communities are constantly being left behind. Like in rural communities, they're hyper Republican and nationalistic because they've been left behind. You have all these Rust Belt cities that have been left behind, and they're you know, voting now for like democratic socialists because they are sick and tired of the same constant bullshit. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all I got to say. Totally. That's, that's totally the case. And I don't know. I just hope it starts happening quicker. Um, change. And I guess what never comes quick. See, that's, <laughs> I, 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 if you think of it like a philosophical sense, like government and even economic systems, they're all great experiments. Like, sure. Ever since I watched that, Adam Curtis documentary. He, if you guys don't know who he is, go yeah, hyper normalization. If you guys, if you don't know who that is, go watch his stuff. He'll make you feel like everything is a disaster and every everything won't be okay. <laughs> kind of what I got out of that is like politicians, you know, leaders, and this. They they don't like the world is chaotic. They don't know what's going on all the time, and they try to have some kind of form of control. But in the reality, of it, you, like you're not going to beat Mother Nature. What I'm saying is, government is an experiment. Every single kind of government and economic system is an experiment. We're learning as we go. That's what I'm trying to yes. say. We can make it better by learning from our mistakes. And, st and what people are saying now is they want more of a say in how the system is run, including the economy. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice to see that people are starting to realize how ripped off they are. And I don't know if it's just because more millennials are getting into the economy or, you know, millennials are becoming geriatrics now. And I mean, how many millennials are a decade older than you or I and we're better off than them. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's just huge populations of uh, millennials, huge portions of millennials that are just wait. I mean, we're all farther yeah. behind than every, but then the, pr the previous generation. So I kind of wonder if it's just that, like, is this just a natural change or do you think older people are getting kind of radicalized as well, or maybe just like reactivated I, yeah, into politics? I, I don't know. I feel, I think a lot of older people are getting activated because they they're seeing their like purchasing power and wealth decrease over the years and older millennials like older than us they got totally owned by the uh 08 crash and they're still recovering out of that which makes me wonder like i got lucky going through the pandemic but a lot of people got hurt so bad like i don't know how long is it going to take them to recover out of that yeah dude yeah when people the lamest thing i ever heard people say like during this uh pandemic was like Oh, it's really starting to show the uh, uh, the inequalities or whatever in our country. Blah blah blah. It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is what it took. This is what it took for you to see that we're all getting screwed over by rich people. I mean, I understand they really screwed us over here, but it's like they've been screwing us over this I mean, whole time. It's like now we're like that's an important thing to realize is that for like me as like I'll even say like as a white man. You know, my economic situation isn't the best, but there there's plenty of like uh, marginalized communities that haven't even had wealth this entire time. So like you're you're seeing like For sure this this trend with like millennial millennial people becoming more quote unquote socialist or whatever. But I think it's just because their economic situation is completely deteriorating, and it's a realization as well is that some of these communities have had no like say in anything this entire time. 
since the founding of this country. For sure. I don't know. I think th- this is kind of like, it's kind of coming to a boiling point where like, there's a realization that everything is completely unfair uh, unless you're like part of the upper owner class and people want more of a say and like, like people don't want to see people just hoarding all this money. It needs to like go, go back into the communities. It needs like communities shouldn't be left behind. People want to say and like, just people want to say, that's it. People want to have yeah. like, feel valued. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. And see, I, and I think, I mean, I, yeah. And I think that's why they voted for Trump. I think a lot of people, he made a lot of people feel mm-hmm. that way. I hear you. You're um, my people. He said it. Yeah. And then Hillary Clinton called him all deplorables. Yeah. Probably one of the worst things she did. Um, but yeah, it's, just, I don't know. It's just crazy. I, I, I do hope, I do hope there is, cha- I think there is change on the horizon and um, at least in blue states. Yeah. Probably not the red states. <laughs> yeah. God, I never want to go to Florida, ever. I've been to Florida a couple of times. It's been fun. It was fun every time I went. <laughs> Didn't they just make it so like you can just like? Oh no, that was Texas. You can have a gun anywhere you want, right? Oh you know hell I mean? yeah, brother! I do not want to go to Texas, and like I'm not gonna like cause an issue with anybody, but I feel like I'll get caught in some crossfire from some dumb argument or something yeah, like that. I, I I don't I don't feel the need to ever just carry a gun on my person, so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't know. Ever in the situation, I I don't know. I just I don't understand. My mind my mind doesn't go to the. <laughs> I've never felt the need to carry a gun. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I know. I think it's weird. I I actually get a little bit put off by people who are like open carrying. Obviously, if you're concealed carrying, I don't know, so I don't care. I just kind of assume wherever I'm at, someone probably has a gun on them. But yeah, I don't. I don't. I I, I kind of feel like if I even if I had like proper training or whatever to operate a pistol first of all i don't think i could shoot somebody and second i think it'd probably be taken from me and used against me and you know what i'm man enough (laughs) to admit that that was probably what would happen because that is most likely what or that is what most likely happens to people who have guns is it it escalates the situation and they end up losing their gun and getting shot with it wasn't there just a situation in colorado where a you know a good guy with a gun shot, stopped a mass shooter who like shot a cop. And I could be getting the facts wrong completely, but the cop showed up, saw him, and shot him. Oh I, god! I don't know if that's exactly what happened, but that's what it made it sound like. Like he was a good Samaritan who like stopped like a mass shooting, and the cop, the other cop, showed up and shot him or something down those lines. It, yeah, I, I'm seeing it right now. The good Samaritan who died. At- in Monday's shooting in Old Town, Arvada, was shot and killed by a police bullet. Denver 7 Chief Investigator, blah, 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 has confirmed through three informed ranking sources, including two law enforcement sources. So, yeah, they shot him. Yes. Yeah, dude. See, that's the thing. It's like, the more guns you bring, the more people are going to die. Because if you just think about it, like, you know, a lot of people like that, all the horrific things that have been happening, like, like back during, like, that Pulse nightclub uh, mm-hmm. in Miami. I think it was Miami. When that happened, like, everyone's like, oh, well, there's more people there with guns. It's like, if you're in, like, a dark, closed-off area like that and you just pull out a gun, who are you going to start shooting at? Like, if everyone just pulls out a gun and starts shooting, who are you going to shoot? Like, how are you going to identify the original shooter? Yeah. I, you know, maybe you'll know who they are, but the other guy who pulls out a gun isn't. <laughs> I, You know, you're, you're just going to end up shooting I, everybody. Uh, I'm not... I- and that's what happened in Colorado. I'm not a, I, I'm not a gun nut. I, I just, I'm not. So, mm-hmm. true. Yeah, neither am I. But anyway, um, did you want to wrap it up with the, uh, with old Yang? Gang? Yeah, we can. His fall from grace. <laughs> 
I'm kind of glad, honestly. To to me, Andrew Yang, I liked a lot of what he said. Um, you know, when he ran for president, I didn't really follow his mm-hmm. his uh, race to be mayor of New York City, but I, you know, I think he made a lot of sense for you know a lot of things he was talking about. But I also think he was just kind of a meme. You know, because like you yeah. know, remember when Ron Paul was was running, and he became sure. just kind of a meme for like his segment and if you go online you'll just have like all these like ferocious defenders of him because that's the same thing andrew yang had like he had like this internet cult following just like ron paul did yeah and that's all and that's why i feel like he wasn't as popular as the internet made him seem like he was because he also seemed very like uh what is the word i'm trying to look no not phony but like uh like just he didn't know he didn't know a lot about the city and like the programs they already provided yeah out of touch out of touch is what i was looking for that entire time yeah he seemed out of touch with like average like new york citizens so i feel like the internet made him look more popular than than he actually was sure yeah and i i don't know yeah like my i don't know i don't really like andrew yang that much I agree with the UBI, but I think the way that he and I, you know, and I'm glad like he brought that out into the national, you know, conversation or whatever is what's going to happen with automation, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. But I kind of think his solution to it with the UBI and stuff, it I don't know, it seemed like what would happen is just you know we'd get UBI and then everybody would just raise their yeah. prices or whatever. I I don't know, like basically we'd just be paying Jeff, like Amazon would just start offering the content cube, which I've spoken about before, just the. You, you, you get an Amazon pod that you get to sit in all day watching Amazon Prime shows and movies, and he just takes your UBI check, and then they feed you some like two yeah. food slurry. Nine ninety five. They were gonna give you a thousand dollars a month under his UBI plan, and you, for nine ninety five a month, you get the, the Amazon Cube, the Content Cube. That's what it was gonna be called, the Amazon Content Cube. Gosh, we're just putting the stacks like the like in the Matrix, all the battery people in those big big. Tall I, stacks. I liked his his UBI stance. I think he made a lot of sense when it came to like innovation and what needs to happen, kind of with UBI. Yeah, but it was still just going to be just kind of like a breadcrumb kind of thing. You know, it, we'll just give you a little bit of money here, and that would just be the end of like the the problem itself. But mm-hmm. the, the the underlying problems would be fixed. It would be nice to have an extra thousand dollars a month. I don't think any family would yeah uh, turn that down by any means. But it doesn't solve, no, like, the no. underlying issues. For sure. For sure. Yeah, and he didn't really have, like, when he was running for president, it didn't seem like he really had that all worked out because he kind of made it seem like we would just replace our safety net with UBI. But then he started to be, like, an M4A guy and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. He just seemed kind of, he's not very charismatic either, in my opinion. And he kind of puts his foot in his mouth a lot, like, with that Israel comment he made during his campaign and, like, telling everybody that his favorite stop on the the subway is uh times square people try to defend him because he lived in times square but it's like i think that kind of shows the people of new york how out of touch he is like i don't think the people of new york give a shit about times square no the i'm I'm only only tourists kind of do you know exactly that's something you do as a tourist or you're a finance guy and you're working there he's not he's he's (laughs) not a he's not a politician and it's clear like you need a certain, yeah. you know, you need to know how to play, you need to ha- know how to, you know, play the political theater aspect in order to win. Yeah, I, I mean, sure. Trump, 
came in as the outsider, but he knows how to play the theater. Like, he knows how to play the part. Yes. Andrew Andrew Yang didn't know how to play the part, and he seemed really out of touch. I didn't really follow the the, the race um, in New York, so I don't... I just... That's what I got out of, like, what I read about why why he lost. I was surprised how owned he got, though. Because he was, like... Right... The early polling was saying, like, He's a shoe-in. He's going to be the next mayor. And then there was polls that had him and I forgot what the guy who won. I forgot what his name is. But him and the guy who won were like neck and neck. And then just Yang just takes a total L. I think he came in fourth Were those polls online polls? <laughs> I saw him online. That's what, I mean, that's what I'm saying, dude. He was kind of just a meat. Like, yeah. Just like he yeah. was like Ron Paul. Only, I mean, he's not like Ron Paul, but you know what I mean? Just like he had this obscure internet following which is going to cause this podcast yeah, to get a lot of hate after we're saying this now we are uninformed and we're going to get a lot of hate for it and i will read every one of your hate mail so bring it on hey well andrew yang can come and be a fourth mic you know what i'm gonna leave are you okay with me leaving absolutely that open? absolutely andrew yang if you want to hang up that suit and tie you want to get down in the trenches with people like us podcasters you're more than welcome to. You can be a as a mic. as a fellow citizen who likes to put his foot in his mouth often. I would invite you to join the ramblings of <laughs> the uh, the out of touch individuals. <laughs> so. Dude, maybe he could maybe he can move somewhere in the Midwest and become. He would be like the mayor of Omaha or something. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> oh man. Yang gang. But yeah, poor Andrew. I think that's probably his final show, though, but we'll see. I mean, he's got money. He'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. But I I just, I don't know what he's going to do now. In turn, I think he's finished with politics. At least I would yeah. be if I were him. I mean, he, he's taking a few big L's now, so it's time to, time to hang her up. Yeah. Well, even like listening to him during the presidential debates and stuff was just kind of like, first of all, he never got time. Right. Because it seemed like he needed to fight for it, and he wouldn't fight for it. And... I think a lot of people saw that. At least I did. Like, this guy's just kind of some schmuck up on stage, just like letting people walk all over him. Yeah, I just I don't, I don't think they I don't just want, I don't think they wanted to give him time because I mean, like I said, like during the presidential campaign, he made a lot of sense for a lot of stuff he was talking about. Yeah, and a lot of that stuff wouldn't particularly be you know acceptable in like the corporate media. And whoever runs the debates. Isn't it like some money-oriented thing? They yeah, all take turns. Uh, oh, you mean like yeah. organizing? I think the DNC organizes the debate, but the like news outlets Yeah, And I don't it. think any of them want to talk about like UBI <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, so not. that's why I think they just didn't even want to like entertain, like entertain his thought or entertain his thoughts sure i mean i just kind of feel like those debates are more like i mean what happened you know what ha- everyone just talks over the, each other and like if you get a jab and they go hey i gotta respond to that they were personally attacking me bernie's and, finger i don't know yang yeah <laughs> yang didn't do anything about it you know he just kind of sat there and he's like when's it my <laughs> turn guys kind of like that i think tom steyer did the I, same I, thing i, I didn't like it like, what about me like either um yeah or i didn't didn't like anybody who uh during the debates i had like this what is that thing called the uh mandela effect you know where like you remember something differently than everybody else is that what that is i had that with uh mayor de blasio 
no, because like when he was, I swear, when he was on stage, the, like one of the first debates, I thought he was a completely different person. Because like when I saw an interview, like <laughs> after he got out and was doing this, like that's merit. Because I had it in my head that it was somebody completely different, and like I remembered him as a different sure. person. And I had like a total existential like simulation freak out. Like I'm living in like a, <laughs> I'm glitching out right now. But I'm getting off way <laughs> off topic. But that's funny. I yeah. Have you seen his his like go get vaccinated TV things where he's eating no. food? It's so <laughs> weird. Like there was some burger place that was giving away like free fries if you got vaccinated, and so he's like has a little burger and and fries and he's on camera like eating them but like you know how obama drank the water from flint yeah. michigan that's kind of how he ate this burger <laughs> like he just like put it up to his lips and he's like mm, 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 so good getting vaccinated never tasted so good and then recently i saw one where he ate a slice of pizza on cam and it was like he he did a better job at that you know he actually took a bite of the pizza but he's like oh yeah it's so good so good go get a slice it's like god he's such a even, even eating in politics is fake like, <laughs> oh yeah like pete Buttigieg eating the chicken wing <laughs> or no 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 it was a he ate a uh a cinnabon like a chicken wing that's what it was <laughs> Sitting there like a little rat. <laughs> now, now all I can think of was like Trump drinking water. Have you seen videos of him drinking water? He like uses both his hands. He's like, yes, <laughs> that's right. I was trying to remember. Yeah, he uses both hands. <laughs> maybe, maybe they all are like lizard people, and they like they can't. <laughs> they're trying to figure evidence figure right there. How, they, how to eat? Okay, I got to tell this story now. There's a story about. Men in black, like men in black, are supposed like they don't know what they are. There's they, some people theorize they're like aliens pretending to be humans. But there was a story about like how a men in, like a man in black visited a woman and he couldn't figure out how to eat Jello. <laughs> so he was just like so confused <laughs> that he had to put the bowl down and leave. So <laughs> all of these politicians are just basically like. <laughs> either lizard people or men in black who are trying to act human that's why they can't eat or drink correctly <laughs> yeah i believe it totally oh my god oh that's funny <laughs> gosh that is weird the two-hand water grab like what the hell dude but i i will say the funniest politician in my opinion the funny funniest politician eating something is pete Buttigieg eating that <laughs> i've that never seen that roll. i'm gonna have to look that up now Oh my god, it's insane, dude. He's eating it like a little rat. Like he's got a, a little tiny like treat and he's just nibbling on it. But he eats it like a chicken wing. He grabs it from both sides. Like just a piece of the like you know you can rip off a little piece of your cinnamon roll. Just has that little piece of it just <laughs> I remember when uh he got nominated for the transportation or transportation secretary and we were just kind of roasting him on uh <laughs> when we were on discord because like his only, what was his qualification his only qualification was like he he, he took the amtrak in yeah. college one time so, he was like, <laughs> i really like my choo-choo trains like that's all he, yeah it's like uh um well when when i was in daycare we watched <laughs> thomas the tank engine god <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what... And people love him. Like, I've talked to so many, like, neo-libs who are just like, I think Pete Buttigieg is a genius. And it's like, what qualifies him for that? I, he's all? probably a nice guy. Like, I, I'm sure he is. I'm sure... Okay, I'm sure Pete Buttigieg is a very smart, intelligent person. But, like, 
he was a mayor and then he, he was in the military and then he worked for that like McKenzie Institute or whatever the fuck that thing's called that you know neoliberal uh, consulting company I, uh, and that wants to privatize the oh. USPS but anyway um, he yeah they could have chosen someone who's like handled I don't know maybe like the head of uh, like California's highway department or something like that or LA's you know streets and public transit like that's who they should have picked someone like that not Pete <laughs> Buttigieg yeah I don't I, I don't know I got nothing to say <laughs> yeah Anyway, well, should we just wrap it up then? No, I want to keep going. <laughs> well, I don't, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. And like I said, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at uh, explore underscore pod. And then we do have a Gmail as well. It's called let's explore this pod at gmail.com. If you want to send some some love or some hate, go right ahead. I'm gonna get all We're the for all it. the gang gang hate. As always, this is an opinion podcast. Uh, don't hate us because we're just spewing our hate here. Not hate, but spewing our spewing our grief. Yeah. No 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 worries. All of our listeners love us and agree with whatever we say. Hundred <laughs> percent. And we love you all. Because we only spit facts. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Take care. Don't at me.